Welcome to WFUV's What's What. It's Tuesday, August 2nd. What's What is a daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news, and hot topic issues in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. And includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm Courtney Bergseeker. And I'm Christina Lulich. Let's get started now with the headlines. The U.S. killed the leader of al-Qaeda and member of FBI's most wanted list, Ayman al-Zawiri, in an airstrike in Kabul. And local government officials are sharing their reactions. Governor Kathy Hochul tweeted, The United States brought the architect of the September 11 attacks to justice. In the tweet, she also says, We will never forget that horrific day, but New York and America will always come back stronger. There's an update on the polio case in Rockland County. That's right, Christina. That's right, Christina. New York State says polio had been found in wastewater samples taken in the suburb in June, before the Rockland County resident had been officially diagnosed with polio. So the CDC says it's possible the disease is still spreading in the community. But so far, no new cases have been reported. New York State officials are urging residents to get a polio vaccine right away if they haven't already. That includes children older than two months and pregnant people. Outdoor dining in New York City might come to an end. Yeah, 35 people who live across the boroughs are filing a lawsuit against New York City. That's right, Courtney. They're claiming the open restaurants program that started during the COVID-19 pandemic causes excessive noise, garbage, and traffic. They're also saying the sheds outside of restaurants make it hard to get around sidewalks. With the ending of many other citywide COVID programs, they think this one should come to an end, too. Here's what Mayor Adams has to say about the issue. Some of the outdoor dining locations uh, have become a hazard. Uh, They have become uh, places that's not suitable. And I think there's a way to modify, to standardize what the structure should look like. But many restaurants say outdoor dining has been beneficial for their business. Christina, have you listened to Beyonce's new album, Renaissance? Yes, I have. It's so good, right? But Beyonce says she's going to remove an ableist term from one of the songs. Yeah, she's got some backlash from disability advocates for using the word in the song, heated. The term is used to describe going crazy or freaking out, but it's historically been used as an insult to people with disabilities, particularly spastic cerebral palsy. This is not too long after Lizzo received backlash for using the same slur, which she later removed from her song. Every summer in New York City, actors take the stage to perform classic Shakespeare plays. I talked to some Shakespeare lovers about how his plays are reinvented over and over again to reach audiences in new ways. Here's the story. Free Shakespeare in the Park has been a New York City staple for over 60 years. Every summer, actors and directors bring new ideas to the Delacorte Theater in Central Park. In July, actress Denai Garaira starred as the power-hungry Richard in Shakespeare's Richard III. And a musical adaptation of As You Like It will come to the stage in August. But Central Park isn't the only place for summertime Shakespeare. The Classical Theater of Harlem put on an adaptation of Twelfth Night. It's reimagined as Afro-futuristic with a predominantly black cast. The set has bold, bright colors, and the costumes look nothing like what you'd see in Shakespeare's time. Ty Jones, the producing artistic director at the theater, says the classic play is really open to this kind of transformation. What's great about Twelfth Night is that the full title of it is called Twelfth Night, What You Will. Someone many, many hundreds of years ago can forecast that you could really do anything you want with this play. And I think that's what's great about it. So we could have very much done what would be considered a traditional 12th night, um, but decided that we like to make sure that the shows that we do are for a 21st century audience. Jones says classic authors like Shakespeare often wrote for ordinary people. 
and that unites Shakespeare's audiences with audiences today. I think it's always important to take these texts that have been written by Shakespeare and uh, uh, Chekhov, Shaw, Congreve, Sheridan, uh, Sophocles, Euripides, and be able to take away how they are commenting on the ruling class. That's why these plays are for the people at the end of the day. For Fordham theater professor Mark Greenfield, Shakespeare's class commentary in A Midsummer Night's Dream gives the play its depth. What's interesting about A Midsummer Night's Dream on a political level is the way it deals with class. There's these, you know, these three separate classes of people in the play and weaving all those worlds together and giving all those characters dignity and also, also, also at the same time making fun of them. Greenfield says despite outdated beliefs in Shakespeare's plays, directors and actors are still finding ways to make his characters feel modern and relatable. You know, in his writing, it becomes clear he, he's a racist, he's an anti-Semite, uh, he thinks men are kind of superior to women, he hates everybody who's not English. So there's a lot of biases that are in there. But the saving grace is that in his treatment of character, all the characters have a point of view. They all have a sense of dignity, and that's kind of where he's real ahead of his time. You can find today's Shakespeare dreamt up in New York City's theaters and parks. Hamlet at the Park Avenue Armory, Romeo and Juliet at Industry City. You can even watch an actor try to perform after five shots of whiskey at Drunk Shakespeare. I'm Courtney Bergseeker, WFUV News. That was my co-host, Courtney Bergseeker. Fordham Conversations is coming at you early this week. WFUV's David Escobar sits down with Fordham professor Harold Takushian to talk about why people still flock to New York City in spite of recent challenges. Why do you think it's important to study New York City life? Fordham is the only school in the country that offers a course in urban psychology, how, how city life affects the individual. And it's fitting that Fordham does this because New York is such a magnificent city. Unfortunately, the last two years, New York has not been itself. This lockdown is very alien to the free spirit of New York. Why do people flock to New York City? Like, what makes it so attractive psychologically yeah. and, you know, in other circumstances as well? Eric Adams said it very well. He said, New York City is not a problem. It's a stroke of genius. And the fact is, for 400 years, New York has attracted the Dutch and the English and the French and everybody around the world. Why is it attractive to people around the world for 400 years? It's no accident that the UN is located in New York City. New York is obviously famous for a lot of things like entertainment, food. What specific thing makes this city stand out from other places? One inherent uh, definition of a city is diversity. There's no such thing as a non-diverse city. Every city attracts diversity of age, education, background. And I would say New York stands out there. There's no city that's more diverse than New York. There's no nationality that you can't find a restaurant in New York City. Even Tibet, Madagascar, Georgia, just remarkable. And uh, I would say diversity is, is outstanding in New York. Uh, it's interesting that New York really has attracted some very mediocre leaders, some mayors who have a reputation for not being very good. And yet the city thrives in spite of that. I mean, in some ways, the city was falling apart the past two or three years, and yet it's still a magnificent city. And uh, it's definitely going to bounce back in spite of all the crime and the homelessness. But you see the positive side as well, diversity and uh, economic vitality. And Fordham is part of that. I did really want to ask you, though, there has been just a tough time in New York, really, like with the pandemic 
and just now with a rise in crime, different things like that. Why are people so like apologetic of New York City and why do they still kind of want to live here despite the problems we might see or might have seen in the past couple of years? I must say it's kind of a mystery. There's something about New York that is unstoppable. And with all the problems, people expect it to return. There is something about the city that is unstoppable. And that's not true of every city. That was Fordham Conversations host David Escobar talking with Fordham professor Harold Takushian. He'll be part of a forum tomorrow at Fordham Lincoln Center. It's called How Special is New York City? Fordham Conversations taps into the Fordham University community to discuss issues that impact our world near and far. And that's our show for today. I'm Courtney Bergseeker. And I'm Christina Lulich. Check back with us tomorrow at 3 o'clock for more news, music, culture, and sports. And tell your friends so they can find WFUV's What's What at WFUVnews.org or wherever you get your podcasts. 